in three, two, one. The future of marketing, selling, and business development is with artificial intelligence or AI. My guest, David Owasi, is a seasoned expert in leveraging innovative technologies for lead generation and business development. With a deep understanding of the latest advancements in artificial intelligence, David possesses the unique expertise to empower your business to unlock its full potential by harnessing cutting edge AI tools that can help you automate repetitive tasks, streamline operations, and enhance productivity. With David's guidance, your business can tap into the immense power of AI to generate high quality leads, optimize customer support, and achieve sustainable growth. Get ready to revolutionize your business and maximize profitability with my guest, David Owasi. Well, hi, David. Welcome to the program. We're delighted to have you. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Very honored that you've considered me to join your podcast. So hopefully I'll add enough value to the listeners. And we're talking to you from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Correct. Yes. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. I actually used to live there, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I know what minus 60 looks like. Yeah. At one point, I think it was two or three years ago, it was as cold here as it was the surface of the moon. It was ridiculous kind of stats, this data I took to get, but it can get very cold out here. Yeah, definitely very cold out there. I'm excited to have you on board, and we're going to be talking about the role of AI and technology when it comes to the sales process, particularly around generating new business, new leads, new business intelligence, and how that works, and actually maximizing our websites and any form of communication. We spend all this money on building beautiful websites. We do all kinds of marketing programs, yet we fail to capture the right information and then take action on that. So I want to explore those kind of strategies with you, and I know you've developed some cool technology using AI in order to accelerate the lead generation process. But let's start this way. You came to Canada. I know you're an immigrant from Nigeria with your family in 2011. How did a young fellow from Nigeria all of a sudden transition into technology and over the last dozen years build what you've built? Absolutely. Thanks for the question, Michael. So I was born in Nigeria and Nigeria is the most populous black country on earth. We almost 200 million population right now. And like any developing countries, it comes with a lot of challenges, a lot of them being not enough economic opportunities for its citizens, especially if you were not born into wealth. And one of the beauties of North America is there is opportunity out there. You just need to go work at it and figure it out. But the problem with a country like Nigeria is there's not even that opportunity to begin with. So you're grasping at straws. So grew up humble, super humble family and background. Sometimes getting food was a stretch and a challenge. But for me, I knew that education was one of the ways you could get out of this cycle right. of poverty. So I really focused on studying. And lucky for me, my mom and my dad really encouraged that side of me. And I got into university in Nigeria when I was actually 15. So I skipped a couple of grades and did exams I was not supposed to take and I passed it. And I was like, what, you're 15? Are you going to go to university? So eventually they let me go because I passed the exams, checked all the boxes, but I was this like little small kid in a huge big world with all of my contemporaries, like at least five, six years older than me. So that toughened me up real, real quick and helped me really mature very quickly, both emotionally, physically, and academically. But luckily, my family had some contacts out in Canada and we had the opportunity to apply to be permanent residents. 
It took about three or four years process, but eventually we moved out here. And when I was in Nigeria, I was actually studying microbiology and I really didn't like microbiology, but that was like the only thing I could study going to university. Right. Coming to Canada, it was like a fresh slate and it was an opportunity for me to study what I really wanted to study, which was computer science. And funny thing is studying computer science, I always read about Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates of the world. And you see all the amazing things they're able to accomplish using software. And for me, I knew that if I wanted to make a dent on the universe, if you will, code and software has to be my hammer. And that was kind of like the mindset I had. Even if I was not going to be like a code myself personally, it was very important to understand how to use technology to solve real problems for people. So I studied computer science and business at the University of Manitoba. And luckily for me, I had access to a program called College for Painters. I don't know if you've heard of that program no. before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, sure. So it's a yeah. student program that teaches you right. how to be an entrepreneur by running a painting company. It's a very yeah. boring business, not flashy, good right. old-fashioned hard work. You learn yeah. everything from hiring people to managing projects and everything in between. You see all their signs in the neighborhoods. Exactly. So that was like a school of hard knocks, if you will. We actually learned everything from how to get your first clients, how to manage employees, made tons of mistakes, screwed up a whole bunch. But after that experience, I did it for five years. We did just shy of a million dollars in revenue in those summers of work. I really learned how to build a business. And then after that, I moved a little bit into consulting world, just like working for some consulting companies. Sure. And I just really learned that that was not really for me, especially after five years of being your own boss, reporting to somebody and wearing shirt and tie to work. That was just not something for me. But then I had a young family, you got to pay the bills. I you had all those responsibilities. but. Luckily for me, and this could be, it was unfortunate at the time, but luckily for me, I lost my job at the beginning of the pandemic due to, I was actually working for a recruiting company. So I was a consultant at a recruiting company. And because of the pandemic, people were no longer hired. Right. So my services were no longer needed. So I got laid off. And then that was a turning point for me where I was like, I had many job offers. I could go continue. And my wife and I were just talking and she was just like, you got to go back to this entrepreneurship thing. I know we're going to suffer in the short term because of the uncertainty around it, but that's where your passion truly lies. So I took that advice from my wife, wonderful partner, and I went into business. Initially, I started out as a business coach because I had some business experience and I had people who were coming to me for advice. Hey, how do I do my marketing? How do I get my clients? All of that fun stuff. And then as I started to work with these businesses, I realized that the common theme of problem they had really came down to client acquisition, lead generation and client acquisition. And the cost of it. Yeah. And the cost of it precisely. And I was looking at all the alternative solutions out there, paid ads, SEO. And for me, it was just not really appealing because number one, there were a lot of people doing those solutions already. But number two, it was very expensive. And that's where I started to look at what are some of the low-hanging fruits and options I could start leveraging. And that's where I stumbled into LinkedIn automation. And that was like a new world opened. Wow, you could have access to all these thousands and thousands of people, craft automated messages and begin new conversations. I did it for my clients. They were blown away. And then that's how I was able to transition from more of a business coach to more of an agency because we just had so much people who were requiring the services and I couldn't trade my time one-on-one -on -one anymore. But that was basically how I moved from Nigeria to running a marketing agency in a nutshell in a couple of years. Oh, it's awesome. Terrific. And you picked a good area as well because it's definitely a challenge for most businesses. The cost of acquisition really dictates the profitability. And so many companies spend hundreds of dollars acquiring a new customer. And then there's the churn and how much is it going to cost in order to keep them. So 
AI is big right now. We're hearing it, chat GBT. We're hearing about oh, the threats of AI, the benefits of it, the things we should be careful with. Where are we at in its stages? It seems like artificial intelligence has been around for a while, but it's just with that language. A lot of companies I know, Microsoft has invested about $10 billion just recently into the technology with open chat, I believe, started with that. There's different language services that do it. But AI can help us accelerate some of the mundane tasks. And people, I think, should really look at it as a tool. It's just like a toolbox. It helps us. It saves time with some time issues, if you will, or chores, tasks that take up a lot of time that just aren't real productive. It can do a lot of that work for us. Absolutely. I was reading Bill Gates. He has his blog where he shares his notes and something he said really caught my eye. And I think it might be a good way to answer your question. He said that two technologies in his lifetime that for him has gotten him to sit up and take notice. And like, this is a game changer. The first one was the introduction of graphic user interfaces. So basically how to interact with computers, the screen, moving things around with the mouse, dragging and dropping. Like for him, that was a game changer because now we can interact with technology in a completely new way. And that was basically what in this blog is that that was basically what was how they built Windows and Microsoft right. for the next 15 years after coming to that realization. And the next thing that he said is a game changer also is AI. And the reason why AI is such a game changer is because it opens up a new way for how we interact with technology. So essentially AI now gives you access to almost combined human intelligence at your fingertips. And you can do anything you want with it. You're only limited by your imagination. So you wanna create copy for your website, you wanna write a new song, you wanna write a poem, like anything you want to do, you're really linked up by imaginations. And for us as marketers, or at least in the business world, we're thinking of client acquisition. And I will talk about some of the tools we've created that uses AI for client acquisition. But even for our LinkedIn campaigns, and that was something you and I were talking about, we now use ChatGPT to create the copy for the LinkedIn campaigns for our clients, which eliminates the time it took for us to create all of those copy manually. The beauty about AI is that you're only limited by your imaginations, which is something wild because now you can really focus on what do I want to do? What's the essence of the value I want to bring to my clients? And you can use AI to bring that to life. So it's pretty cool. Sure. And people need to learn it. It's like a language. I found that when I first started messing with it, it's garbage in, garbage out. If you ask it stupid things, you're going to get stupid responses. So the more specific you can be, it's there and it regenerates that. So it's very interesting. And they say we're still in the testing stage of it, but for creating content for websites, for blog posts, for emails and offers and ads, there's some really interesting output. You get some really good outcomes based on the variables you put into it. So the first step to getting more actionable leads from your website, because I know you focus on that and social media page, is knowing what's on it. And tell me about some of the software and the technology. I know you've created a program and that was my initial interest with you called Website Revealer, Ace Website Revealer. How does AI assist in that? And I want to focus more on the technology and then we'll talk about the service later. Definitely. Everybody has a website, or at least you're supposed to, or your business. Yeah. And you're trying to direct all this traffic to your website. And an interesting statistic is for every 1,000 people that visit your website, or if you're really optimized, which is you have compelling copy, you have a good story, about 40 of those 1,000 will take action once they visit your website. Book a call, they'll put in their email address for some drip or something like that. But then you have 960 people who will just take a look and they'll leave. And for me, I was very curious. This is a low hanging fruit. You've done all this hard work, bringing all those people to your website already, but there they go. They're going poof. What can you do to actually find out those anonymous visitors, if you will? And basically, we're able to do a combination of things. We're able to use things like cookies. We're able to use things like IP addresses. And we're able to use all of that information to find out who this person is. And then we then use AI to enhance that information. So we look all around the web. Where do we have 
other information about this prospect that we've identified? How can we match this information we have to all the vast data sources out there? And AI is able to help us match that information. And then we can come up with an enhanced contact information of this person who has visited your website. So that's kind of how it works. It uses a whole bunch of different tools and then AI does all the matching together to make it very concise. And we're able to do that on your website, also able to do that on social media as well, which is a more interesting one where email, LinkedIn profile, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of these platforms, you're creating content, you're driving all of that attention, but most people are just lurking. They're not really taking any sort of action. We can now use this same technology to track and find with these people who have come to your social media platforms and even that of your competitors. Editors. So you can say, hey, you know what? All of the people who go to Alex Hamuzi profile or Gary V's profile, those are like my ideal clients. And there are millions and millions of them going to those profiles. How can I hijack some of that traffic for myself? And what we can do is we can track everyone going to Alex Hamuzi's profile and then use our AI tool and a whole bunch of other stuff in the background to get all the information of those people and then put them into a coherent like spreadsheet for you to then do your thing. So AI has been powerful doing that. So if we have a competitor that say sells to the same ideal client that we have or avatar, we can actually target that site using AI and say, who's coming there? Who are they attracting or whose ads are attracting? Who's showing up at their site? And then we can retarget those people using our own outreach or whatever. So we can't do it on their side because we will need to install a pixel on their side. And obviously right. they wouldn't allow Just that, like but we can do that. Pixel. Yeah, but we can do that on their social media profile. So on their YouTube or their Instagram, on their TikTok, they're doing all of that hard work already. They may be even paying to boost some of their posts to attract more of their ideal clients. You can now leverage all of that and then hijack ethically their traffic. Yeah, and, sure. then, and then you use that for like your own lookalike campaigns for your Facebook ads or just strictly send them, put them into a cold email drip. Now, one of the interesting, cool things that we've done here, Michael, and I think that you will understand this is one of the information we're able to get is their LinkedIn profile as well. And what we're able to then do is we're able to extract their LinkedIn profile, which gives us access to everything about them, their bio, experience, name, job title. And then we're able to then use AI, we connect to OpenAI's API, to then use ChatGPT, if you will, to create personalized outreach messages for each of those persons that we're able to gather using their LinkedIn profile. And that is now the power of AI, where we get all that information in one place, but then we're able to then send out personalized outreach messages to each of those people based on their LinkedIn profile information. Oh, that makes sense. What other kinds of data can be collected from these trackers, these website trackers or social media trackers? So we get profile information from LinkedIn. What else can they get? You mentioned IP address. So our location where we're at. Okay, what we can other get email address. We can even enhance that further and get more information like spending habits. So for example, if you're spending in a certain type of way, we can get that information from partners. We can also get like your interests and hobbies and what you've invested in. We could even get like a financial situation. For example, your net worth, right? Get like an approximate, an estimate, size, sure. an estimate of net worth. So there's so much data we can get and there are partners who are like, this is their, that's what they do. You give them, hey, this is a list of people I want to get information about. And they go throughout the web and they have partners and ways they get that information and they enhance your data for you. So it's a matter of how much do you want to pay for the enhancement and what kind of data do you need precisely for us we just need the basics right we just need the linkedin profile we need email we need location we need phone number we need name phone number is a little tricky because of a lot of spam rules around using phone numbers so we tend not to use that quite a bit but all this information especially with linkedin you have all the information about the person you need at least from a sales perspective right but if you're like say maybe a lender then of course you're looking for a different type of information which you can still get one for example one of our clients recently is a roofing company 
And one of the ways we're able to use this technology for him is that if somebody from some postal code in his city visit his website, it means that they need a roofing job. But then usually because in a location or in a postal code, most houses are built around the same time. So if one person from that postal code needs a roofing job, there is a good chance that other houses in that area built at the same time also need a roofing job. So now our clients can go do a flyer distribution campaign or drop some signs around that neighborhood because now they know that potentially people need you know, a roofing job because their houses are at the same size. Another roof by David. So there you go. <laughs> Sign our green lawn or whatever it is. And then people go, okay, hey, I want to quote yeah, exactly. exactly this episode is sponsored in part by rainmaker digital solutions featuring active campaign looking to drive growth with customer experience automation active campaign the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce b2c and b2b companies gives you the email marketing marketing automation and crm tools you need to create incredible customer experiences Active Campaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose Active Campaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the Active Campaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And now back to my conversation with David Owasi. Are there certain businesses or industries that do better with this type of technology than others? Of course, if you're not limited by geographical location, you have a massive advantage because you don't have to limit yourself into that small area. So any online business, for example, our primary clients are marketing agencies because marketing agencies, they can work with literally any clients across the world and all of their work is all online. And the marketing agencies, they're already driving traffic, whether it's through SEO, whether it's through social media, whether it's through Google or TikTok, whatever it is, they are driving some sort of traffic to their clients. We just enhance their work for them by helping them see all the people behind the traffic they're driving and then do something with that data. I think this is going to be very advantageous for any online business. Of course, it still works if you're a local business and you're very like geographical based. But depending on the size of where you are, you can still leverage this. So literally this works for anybody, but online businesses can benefit way more from this. Well, if you have traditional brick and mortar and now you want an online, this now opens the world to you. And I think Jeff Bezos and books way back in the day, so it can really open it up. Is it expensive for companies to get in and employ the technology? Because the companies who are spending money on ad spends or PC, they've got budgets for these things and they can put some money behind it. What if you're a small business owner and you want to start venturing into this? What's the first place to go? Is it for PC or is it really about intelligence and then targeting maybe through traditional email campaign or a LinkedIn connection? Is there an approach you recommend one more than another? Good question. So it depends on the ticket size. So, you know, what's your ROI and how much are you willing to spend? So generally, if you're a high ticket service, or even if you're a low ticket service, then I'd be looking at different options. So if you were, let's start with maybe the general use case. If you're a low ticket offer, so you're relying more on volume, then I'll be focusing more on social media because that's where it's easy. Say like a $50 item or a $100 item, social media, whatever it is. Social media is probably your best bet. Maybe even Facebook ads because Facebook ads can be relatively cheap. If you're a high ticket offer, maybe you are a consulting firm or a marketing agency or a bespoke sort of 
service. Sure. Then I'll be looking more at Google Ads because you can be very precise about exactly who you're looking for with the right intent, which is obviously very key. And then you can drive that intense traffic, which can be sometimes expensive, Google Ads can be, and drive that traffic to some sort of website. And the beauty with our clients is that they're fine spending that money because, of course, it'll be great if they convert 10, 20, 30% of those. But even if they don't convert that, our revealer will reveal all those visitors who are high intense. And then we can reveal the email address, the, the LinkedIn profile, and then we can then put them to some sort of funnel to nurture them and build that trust for them to sell. So it's almost a no-brainer kind of strategy where you can almost not lose as long as you have the right people coming to your website, whatever way you it's targeting in the first place, right? So it's really understanding who your ideal customer is, who your avatar is, who's that person you want to have as a client or customer, and then we'll go find them. Absolutely. And then we use that to target the messaging and go from there. I can see how this technology, David, benefits business operations. How does the use of AI improve the customer experience? And can we really compete with the human touch? So that's a very good question, Michael. And this was a question I was really thinking heavily about because as we do LinkedIn automation, frankly, one of the concerns people always have about services like ours is you're just spamming me. You're just giving me a cookie cutter, copy and paste approach. And that was something that I really was, I was keeping in mind. Right. And the beauty that AI brings to us now is we can create personalized outreach at scale where we can say, hey, John, this is you, your experience, your title, everything about you. I will create a message just for you. If that message doesn't resonate as much if you're still not interested in my service at least you know that this message was for you you were not one of a million people that helped send this thing to so that definitely improves the user experience where people feel like they're being treated as individual and that approach that would absolutely work and I believe this is something that will work in the future is where ads will actually be customized to you. Now, this is more of a futuristic idea. Where imagine a situation where you're scrolling through your Instagram or your Facebook or your TikTok and you see an ad, but that ad was specific for you. And they were able to use a combination of Dolly to you or all these new technologies that will come up to say a message that will resonate just with you based on data available about you. So I see that ultra personalization being the next stage of AI helping in that customer experience. I'm sure there'll be more other use cases, but for me, personalization is really king here because everyone wants to feel special. That's just a human nature. And AI allows us to be able to do that at scale with a high quality as well, especially with GPT-4. I was messing around with GPT-4 and it's ridiculous how precise it can be with the right prompts. And I know you were talking about prompt engineering earlier on, but if you give it the right prompts, it can give you a very specific outreach message. Yeah, you could customize it. We know it'll do variables now. We can put in your company, where you live, your location, your first name, your last name, different merge fields, if you will, into a standard message. What you're saying is with personalization, we might want a three-letter campaign or a three connection or three messages or five, whatever the number of messages are. And we want to personalize as much of that. Hey, I understand you went to Clemson or, hey, you worked at the University of Manitoba, blah, blah. It will actually craft an engagement type of a message that we can use in order to get attention. So yeah, that could be interesting. It can do a lot AI, but what can't it do? In other words, what are some of the foundational things that we need to stay on top of for success in our business that where we could use AI and then where shouldn't we look to be using it? That's an excellent question because I actually created a content around this the other day because AI can do many things, but there are still some fundamentals that we are responsible for. For example, your positioning statement. Who exactly do you serve? How clear are you about that? The more modeled your statement, position statement is, the 
more people are not sure if you can help them or not. Right. Second thing is your compelling offer. You need to be very clear about your offer and make sure it's compelling. And there's a whole world around building a compelling offer. Does this solve a true problem in the marketplace? Is there a unique solution? How scalable is that solution? You need to have, you need to just do the hard work yourself. And then the last thing is the targeting as well. Because even though we can, for example, reveal the people come to your website, that begs the question, are the right people actually coming? Because if you're targeting, however you're targeting, whether through Facebook or through Google AdWords, if you're still targeting your message to the wrong people with the wrong keywords and with the wrong search parameters, then no one is going to resonate, no matter how good your AI copy is or landing pages, you still have to target the right people. So I think those three elements, positioning, your offer and your targeting has to be something you just roll your sleeves and get done properly. Otherwise, everything else won't work. Have you seen increase in conversion? And the goal is when people come to our social sites or our media to convert on the call to action or whatever that is and take some form of action, whether it's a transitional call to action or they're requesting information, a white paper, a download, whatever it is. So doing it traditionally and in our traditional means and organically seeing what comes up versus using some of the AI tools to enhance that, those results, those conversion results. What kind of numbers are you seeing? What kind of benefit are we getting from the AI technology? So early days, we're seeing double the conversion. And again, it's all about that personalization piece because in a normal standard way, you're saying the same thing to everybody. And every, and sometimes it resonates, but usually depending on how good your copy is, it will resonate with 20, 30, 40% of the audience. But if you're able to create personalized outreach to each person, we've seen a double the conversion. Now, of course, not all of them have become customers, but people just engaging with back. I really appreciate the time and the efforts you took in talking about my high school that I graduated from. I bring some memories to me, even though they're not ready to move forward the products now they have a good positive association with our brand and again the brand is obviously a big thing as well where people have a a way they think about your brand such that in the future, once they're ready to move forward, they're just thinking of you. So we've seen extreme positive reaction and responses and engagement, which obviously segues to more appointments that we've been able to set. But it's been a massive game changer for us. Identify those people and then creating personalized outreach to those people. It's just been a massive game changer. So we've seen double the results for sure. All right, good. That's a good number. What are some of the benefits of implementing some kind of automation to a business of any size? Automation, I think, is hand in hand with AI because AI will be able to automate many tasks and some more. For example, with LinkedIn automation, it's been a game changer because now a lot of people have abused this, to be very honest. Like on LinkedIn, a lot of people talk about people just spamming them all over the place, even cold emails that has been abused. But once it's done properly, it can be hugely powerful. And this is how we do it. And I think you do it the same way as well. We use automation to begin conversations. That's right. And the whole goal of that automation is just to start that first piece. And as soon as it started, a real human being comes into play and begin the conversations. And we do many things. For example, we always test many things, but one of the questions that has really been successful for us, especially when we're trying to reach out to B2B clients is we ask, what are three things I need to know about your business if I was to refer somebody to you? And everybody loves answering that question because there's something clearly in it for them. And my team, once they respond, like we are making note of that. Okay, sure. Like we'll absolutely recommend people to you if it does make sense. But that invites a lot of engagement. And then my team then goes back and forth to qualify them and then book them onto a call if it makes sense. So automation is really key to begin 
conversations anywhere on the internet, frankly, LinkedIn included. And I think that's one of the powerful things of automation. Now, the other things like nurturing sequences to build that trust and warm relationship, automating posting your content across all social media platforms. There's so many ways you can use automation. And if there's a platform for people to check out, if you've not checked that already, I would recommend Go High Level as a great platform to really set up its automation sequences in a very easy way to manage. And that's something we do really well in our business internally at least. But I know there are a lot of agencies that also provide this as a service where they will come in, look at what you have going on, and then they will set up all these automation sequences for you. But that could be hugely powerful once done properly. Because I hear people tell me, David, you're all over the place. Like I was on TikTok, you were there. I was on Facebook, you were there. On my emails as well. How hard are you working? I mean, maybe sometimes I make it look as if I work very hard, but really it's just the right automation sequences in place to make myself look omnipresent. And that's what the impact's going to have in your business. Yeah, I would agree with you. We do the same thing. We use the tools. We do all of our content primarily on a Monday and they gets all distributed every day of the week, all through automation and through the different places so we can focus on other things that we need to do as well. And you made a good point. When we do our automation, if we're using it from a lead generation point of view, it's to engage them. So we want to identify the market first, then we want to engage. Once we've got them engaged, we can then educate them. And then we call the final step or the fourth pillar is to convert them. So if it's a right fit and it's the right opportunity there. Now, there's a lot of issues going on in the United States and in Canada and most countries of the world and concerns around data privacy. So how do we ensure that best practices and privacy policies are being enforced or being utilized or how to use them when we're obtaining and using prospect data or people come to our sites or social sites or websites? Yeah, that is a very big question and one that legal folks will go back and forth on. We as marketers, we're always at the very edge of that and we try to like we try to try to find the right words here. We play right to the very edges marketers. But I think that, for example, when it comes to things like the text messages, I'm always very careful about those because that's like very invasive. And I always want to make sure that there is an opt-in before you send someone a text. I think emails are kind of game, like free for all because everyone is used to that right now. I think LinkedIn is also free for all. But I think at the end of the day, for me, my focus is how am I bringing value to people? regardless of the channel that I engage them with, if I bring value to you and I'm bringing something that will absolutely benefit you, you're probably not going to be as pissed versus if I was just like bringing something that you don't care about, which is where the intent really comes into play as well. So I think it's a balance where you want to make sure that you're not invading people's privacy. But if you choose to do for whatever reason, and everyone can do what they want to do, is that you're bringing tremendous value. That way they would not, it wouldn't rub off the wrong way. But uh, this is not an area that I'm particularly skilled or knowledgeable about regarding the laws. The only thing I know is that SMS and Text messages is like one of those great areas where you're really, really interfering with people a lot more versus email or LinkedIn messages where it's acceptable practice right now to send people messages on those channels. But it will be an area where the governments will probably have to step in at some point to curtail excess from overzealous marketers. But I think at the end of the day, it's all about just balance release because you want to take advantage of these available opportunities at the same time, but you don't want to rub people off the wrong way. So it's strict balance. Yeah, you don't want to abuse it. What kind of infrastructure do businesses need in order to incorporate and employ AI in their operations? Good question. I would say just Number one is just knowing what's out there, what's possible, because we're only limited by our imaginations. So for starters, just be very open-minded and experiment and play around with this tool. The easiest one to experiment with is ChatGPT. Just go sign up for ChatGPT and just try and use it for your basic task. And then once you have that, once you start using it, you will naturally start to 
see how this can fit in your business, whether it's as simple as just creating content or whether it's more complicated to do more advanced tasks. One of the beauties of ChatGPT that a lot of people are not taking advantage of is the fact that ChatGPT can help you do anything. And when I say anything, for example, one of the projects I was obsessed with over the last week, over this weekend was I was trying to build my own Jarvis. So are you familiar with Iron Man, Jarvis from Iron Man? So basically I was trying to build an app that I can put in my text instructions over my phone, and then it will connect that instruction, convert it to text from audio, and then run it through an API connection to ChatGPT as a prompt, and then get some of that response back and send it back to me. And That's then it becomes like my own. And then also I'm trying to create like an ecosystem where it's able to save some of those contexts such that the next time I give it instructions, it's building on knowing me and my needs and what I'm talking about on my project. So basically my own personal assistant. And that's like a very complex project. But then I went to Chachi and I said, give me step-by-step step all the things I need to do to accomplish this. And guess what it did? It gave me step-by-step, step, even wrote the code down for me. And I was like, how can I install this code on my computer? It gave me the instructions to install them on my command line prompts. And it gave me everything step-by-step, step-by-step. So in one night, I was able to like, it's not working perfectly yet, but I was able to set up something basic that does my own personal Java's AI. So that's the beauty of AI, you're only limited by your imagination. So if you don't even know how to get something done, as long as you know what the outcome can be, you can query the AI to say, give me step-by-step, step, dump it down, talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. You can just break it down and break it down and break it down up until the minute, small little steps to help you get to your goal. And that's a power of tragedy. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really, like you said, the creativity of the ask. What are we asking it? And do we know what to ask? And that's why it's used as a tool. A lot of people are concerned that it's going to replace my work and job. And I suggest that if AI will replace your job, then you haven't done what you need to do in order to stay relevant in today's world. So if AI is coming, you want to be one who incorporates it. If you're sitting there going home at five o'clock and cracking a six pack, watching TV for the rest of the night, don't bother learning how to use the new technology because it's those who know how to employ it are going to be the ones who are going to be hired to do these jobs, creates whole new business opportunities. Like anything else, it's new and it's understanding it. It basically is scouring the internet, learning. And I know from what I understand, models have read just about 25, 30% of the entire internet, which is a lot. And so it really helps you to focus. And then it still needs your two cents worth, your insights and how you're going to apply it. But yeah, definitely here to stay. That's important. Well, I was going to add on top of that, one of the amazing capabilities of GPT-4, because all the GPT we've been used to is 3.5, GPT-4 can even do more. For example, GPT-4 was trained on trillions of data sets, whereas GPT-3.5 was trained on billions of data sets. So imagine that billions and trillions, so even way more. And GPT-4 can actually quote journals and publish papers in your work if you're looking for it to quote that. And then also another thing GPT-4 can do is you can give it a graph and it will understand the context of the graph and interpret that graph for you. So it can take pictures and make sense of it into words for you. So imagine, so I don't know, so you're trying to do some investments or something like that. This company have like this, all this scientific papers or whatever it is they've put out. You can actually give that to GPT-4 and it will understand that, dumb it down for you and then give you actionable steps to take. So it's really powerful. I just wanted to add those links to two things there. Again, it's like tools when computers came on, people resisted it and then they got their computers. Now we can't live without them. This is here to stay. What's the ROI um, using AI for lead generation and inside the business? Obviously, you've seen enough examples of this. What's a typical investment for companies? What should they expect? And what's a typical ROI they should expect? 
Yeah, it depends on the context you're using it. For example, with the stack that we've built, we've set it up such that it's very easy for a company to start using it. So for example, with our website revealer, there's a basic cost of about $750 to just set everything up for you. But after that, you only pay 50 cents per reveal. So that's like ridiculously cheap. And right. AI has made that chip for us. Now, what you do with that data, of course, that's a, a different ballgame mentality. How you put that data to work for yourself depends on your strategy. We offer services to do the done for your part. But in terms of just getting the data itself, it's really cheap at 50 cents. It's uh, ChatGPT is free. So you can absolutely use that for free. And if you want to even upgrade to a paid version, it's relatively cheap. And if you want to create like an infrastructure that uses AI in real time, all you have to do is go to Upwork and find some engineer, pay them a couple thousand dollars, and they will build that for you. And then you can use that for as long as you want to. So I would say in terms of the ROI, the ROI is, is, is as much as your imaginations and how creative you want to be in the solutions. And I think if you can just go out and try to understand what's possible first, and that's your focus, you will find so many approach. And that's the beauty. There's so many ways and approaches you can take to this. If you just prefer to run your good old fan Facebook, Instagram ads, like you can use AI to create the copy based on a profile of an ideal client and create all the creatives and even use DALI 2 to create the pictures and the creatives for it. You can do that. So relatively cheap, there's no end to the upside, basically. So there's so many angles and ways you can approach the generation. You can use innovative things like the regular that I've just shared, or you can still use the traditional ways, but just use AI to enhance the quality of the copy and the strategy you're employing. So really, sky's the limit, really, if you will. Sure. You mentioned cost of acquisition. Every product's a little different. So let's say you sell a service that's $10,000 or $15,000 versus one that's five versus 500. Is there a rule of thumb when it comes to what the cost of acquisition or a percentage of the, for instance, let's say I sell a product that's a $10,000 product. What should I expect? What's reasonable from a cost acquisition or an acquisition cost perspective or versus yeah. 500 or a thousand? Yeah. So it depends on the first thing is LTV. Like what's the lifetime value of that client to you? Because yeah, maybe they pay you the $10,000 once, but potentially could you still sell to them down the road? Lifetime and, value or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. And do more cross sales, off sales, down sales and whatnot. So if you have some of those options, then maybe you're willing to spend almost as much as 50% of that $10,000 budget on them because there's so much you can get out of them. Or otherwise you can be thinking of more like, you know, the 15% rate. I think 15%, 20% is pretty reasonable budget for acquiring a client. Again, every business is very different and depends on your margins. For example, if you're an e-com brand, then your margins are much smaller. So you have to think a little bit differently versus a consulting agency that the upside is so high, like you have so much, your margins are so much more, you can be a little bit more aggressive. So it really depends on the business model. But frankly, for us, we always think anywhere between 15 to 30% is what we're willing to spend to acquire a customer because especially for our reveal feature, we know once they get it, they're going to be hooked. Like they, it just makes no sense for them to leave. And they just keep working with us month after month because we just enhance whatever it is they're doing already. Sure. It's like a sales enablement tool. And so if you're looking at it, like I've always wondered and wrestled with this because we don't do ads. We don't, it's all word of mouth. Our business is a lot of word of mouth, but we know who our audience is exactly. And by going after the audience, let's talk about Ace Revealer. And I was interested in your technology. You've done a great job talking about AI, but you've obviously solved a problem that people have with your software, Ace Revealer. And basically a lot of that problem is where you get thousands of visitors, you spend a fortune getting them to come to the website, and then your visitors end up ghosting you. And you maintain that we can get a 10 to 15 times more leads without any extra work using your particular technology. Tell us how that works. 
Yeah, we the first thing is making sure that the right people are visiting your profile, whether that's your website or your social media profiles. And once you're quite confident that you have the right people visiting, especially on your website, because you can control that more, then what we do is we install the pixel, just like a Facebook pixel, right? And what it does is it's able to, number one, track the IP of people who are visiting your landing page, use things like cookie information, and then send that information back to us on the back end. And then we take that information and then we magnify or enhance it. And we have all these partners who are like data companies and we give them this data. And what they do is they match that data using AI technology that we have and using the data that they have. And we match that information to give us a complete full profile of these people who visited your website. And then we take that information, use a whole bunch of VAs to put everything together in a nice spreadsheet and then give it back to you. And then you have a list of all the last 1,000 people who visited your profile or 10,000, 20,000, 100,000. You really just limited by how many people are visiting your profile or your website. We do the same thing for social media profiles as well as that of your competitors. And then the next thing is, what do we do with this data? Because data is only data. You have to still put that data to work. And then that's where we have our team who will help with the delivery side of things, where we can either create some customized email campaigns for you that will use ChatGPT technology, if you will, to create personalized outreach at scale, because we can extract their LinkedIn profile as well as part of the data set we're getting. So we're able to tap into that data of LinkedIn profile to create that personalized outreach via email. We eventually will be doing this via LinkedIn, but we know that it's been very difficult to get LinkedIn to open up their API to you. Yeah, they it's, tend to get picky and they keep changing the algorithm so we can't mess with them. They do. Hopefully we'll get that, but the lawyer hanger for this just not cold emails because we just send out those cold emails that are personalized at scale. We can even like do lookalike audiences for your Facebook ads so that way you're getting even more of the people who are more likely to come to your website because they've already come to your website. You're getting more of those kind of people to increase your conversion at the top of the funnel, if you will. So that's what we do is really just help businesses maximize what they're already spending money on anyways and get right. more. So the visitor comes to the website or any of your social media profile, they're checking it out. Your software, your technology will go and capture them. You'll then go out to the marketplace and enrich the profile with as much data of social profiles, LinkedIn, any data they could find on them. If maybe they published articles, whatever, it will put that data into a, let's call it a portfolio or a customer sheet. And we can then use that intelligence any way we need to in order for the acquisition. And like you said, the cost of it's minimal, it's 50 cent a reveal after you've been initially set up with the technology. What kind of companies does this work? Small, medium, and large? The ROI? How does it work? Yeah, it really works with everybody. But for us, obviously, it's not a good business model to try and serve everybody at once. So our primary ideal clients first are marketing agencies because we can easily leverage them to right. tap into the clients as well. And then they use us as a white label and they also just use our services to build on top of that. For example, we charge 50 cents per reveal. They can charge 75 cents, a dollar per reveal and everyone is making profit. The second type of ideal clients would be high traffic clients. So people like e-commerce stores. So e-commerce where they're getting lots of people to their website and the website is like the face of the company. So it really works well. Any sort of digital product is also good where it doesn't cost you any more to serve the clients. So a course, for example, is really perfect for this. And then we obviously do have our high ticket services, marketing, marketing is obviously one of them, consultants, management consultants. Those are also very good because for them, they're not as much as the volume, but the value, the arrow per reveal can be high for them if they have the right audience, especially if they're looking at a competitor 
you know, that could be like $2,000, $5,000 per individual for them if they can market to that person properly. So those are like the layers of how we've kind of sure. organized the hierarchy. And there are obviously more businesses that this could work for, even you know, blue collar kind of businesses, the roofers, the plumbers, like that really works well. But we find that for those kind of people, they usually are not high volume. Like they can't deal with like thousands and thousands of people because it is very local, small business, right. but that should work for them too. Excellent. We'll put your contact info in the show notes, but we've got Ace Web Reveal. Ace at- Website Reveal. Yes.com. Okay. And we'll have that information. People can find you on LinkedIn. Anywhere else we need to find you? Yeah. So I'm a prolific content creator. So literally, if you just Google my name, David O.C., you'll probably see some link of me to either my Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or LinkedIn and my website, of course. So just search for David O.C., you'll find me. But if you're interested in this specific product, the reveal is acewebsitereveal.com. And all you just need to do is go in there, book a meeting with our team. We'll try to understand your business, make sure that you know this is a fit for you. And if it's a fit for you, we even have a free 14-day trial where we'll just give you some free data and show you how it works so you can see the data yourself and if it makes sense then we can work together if not we can shake hands and still with friends but for most people this is just a no-brainer for them and it just works perfect for them great stuff don't run from it embrace it ai technology and how we can make it work for us david olsey thank you very much for your insights and as leader of your own organization and for setting the stage for us so we can learn to embrace this not to be scared of it and use these tools as they're designed in order to accelerate some of the mundane tasks that we have so that we can focus on our core competencies and what we do david it's a pleasure having you it's been a pleasure michael really honored to be here and i hope i've added value and explained some new things a new perspective about ai to your audience thank you david Pleasure. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My executive producer is Beth Smith and director of research, Tori Smith. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting. This podcast is subject to copyright by Summit Media. Goodbye.